Today we talked to Jonathan Zachs, who we came to find out over the course of the podcast is really the ultimate of visionaries in multiple businesses that he's a CEO of today and he's involved in many others. And it was a delight of a conversation. Yeah, absolutely, Rich. And I think the thing I love the most about this conversation with Jonathan today is he's growing a tech company in a calm, controlled manner, systematic manner that we dive into. And it really shows a different side. A lot of tech companies try and go too quick, too fast, not Jonathan. I also happen to love the product or service that he's doing with Go Reminders. I can envision there are a lot of service and product-based companies that could use it. As a matter of fact, my dentist, I believe, already does. Here's Jonathan Zachs. Jonathan, thanks for joining us here today on the Entrepreneurs United podcast. You seem like quite the tech entrepreneur based in New York. Tell us a little bit about your background and what you've been doing over the past little bit here, because it seems like you have a lot of tech startups. Your mind must be going crazy, but I also want to talk to you today about Go Reminders. So give us a little bit of a background on what you've been doing. Sure. Well, thanks for having me on here. Um, my background is, yeah, a little all over the place. I was a computer science major in college and graduated right after the dot-com bubble had burst. And all those exciting, fancy startups and whatnot that that all my friends in previous years were getting jobs at just vanished. Uh, so not knowing exactly what I wanted to do, I knew that I could help people with their computers. And so I was pretty good at, at that as a hobby and started putting up signs around town, uh, helping people with computers and their homes, uh, built that business up into uh, tech tech consulting business for other businesses, uh, doing everything from web development, IT support, SEO. And so did that uh, throughout the years. And at some point along the way, started a few uh, software brought, uh, companies with friends. And one of them, Go Reminders, took off. And um, we're, you know, started as a super tiny side project. And okay. now it's, uh, yeah, big focus. Okay, awesome. So uh, Go Reminders has been around for around 10 years. Yep. Uh, and the name means something. Uh, tell us, before you tell us what it does today, how did it come to be where you're like, I'm going to start this new software called Go Reminders that's going to do X, whatever X is, you're going to tell us. How did that come to be? Was it accidental? Was it like, hey, I see a need? How did that come to be that, hey, we're going to develop this software? Yeah, sure. So, uh, in general, we want my friend, my friends and I wanted to create a software platform. So I yep. started one with uh, one friend. Uh, my other friend started one himself. Two other friends and I started one, and then one of those friends and I started this one. And we were always trying to figure out what problem to solve. And so the you know uh, there were various reasons for for starting them all, but this one was really focused around solving the problem of no-show appointments. Um, I had personally had a lot of experience with no-show appointments running a consulting business where clients would come to my office, I would go to other clients, we'd have calls. Um, so it was just sort of uh, in my awareness, but it really happened when my co-founder, Justin, got an email a week after, or no, a call a week after an appointment that he missed that had been scheduled a year earlier at, at a doctor's office. And yeah. it just didn't make any sense to us how much revenue and time was being wasted by the idea that the appointment could pass no reminder ahead of time. Um, and, and now they've wasted 
the the doctor's time, the nurse's time, the receptionist time, they're wasting more time trying to reschedule. Maybe they won't even be able to reach the person after, or the person will be like, oh, I missed it. Do I need to? They might lose the business entirely. So we just thought email reminders. And and that's uh that's how it started. And um and and essentially grew from that. Uh, we we focused on medicine at first, um, medical fields. But um, once we started building and, and getting customers, it really just expanded to a variety of industries um, throughout the years. Got it. So uh, I guess the the biggest comparison I can give to maybe what you're talking about is you know you go get your dentist, your teeth clean. You go to the dentist, and when you're leaving, they're like, okay, we need to set your appointment six months from now. Uh, and you 100%. set the appointment, you're like, I don't care. Just give me a date. Cause I have no idea what I'm doing six months from now. And they give you a little card yep. and you put it in your wallet and you leave. Uh, I've actually gotten a little bit better where I actually just don't even take the card. I just put it right in my calendar right then and there, but I still That's don't know what I'm do doing it. six months from now. Totally. And if they didn't send me a text message two days beforehand saying plus press C to confirm or X to cancel or whatever it is. Yep. Chances are, I may be like, Oh crap. I have a dentist appointment tomorrow, but I got a meeting and I can't show up. So so I guess what you're what you're talking about is trying to prevent those the dentist is there, the hygienist is there, the receptionist is there, and someone doesn't show up. How much money that costs in initially medical businesses, but all businesses across the globe on an annual basis must be in the billions of waste uh, that's going on. Totally. You see that need, and you're like, I'm going to develop a software to fix that. Do I get exactly. that right? Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Okay. We were just you know calculating the revenue and 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 knowing about all the all the problems around no shows um, that, that, you know, weren't being prevented okay. uh, with such an easy solution. Yeah. It's just that problem. Okay. Got it. So talk to me. You, you, you gave me a little entry into, well, it started off with, let's just email people a reminder. Uh, that's kind of where yep. you started off. So tell me about go reminders today and how it can help entrepreneurs in their businesses and how that business continued to develop from a technology perspective you know, how would a company use Go Reminders today and what are all the features and benefits does it have? Yeah, sure. So we are still um, really, really laser focused on cutting out no-show appointments. And so it, sure. everything is focused on that and and the and the types of customers who that's really important to. Um, so so when we're, when we're talking to our customers, figuring out what is related to that to build that can save them time or increase revenue. And so in terms of that no-show appointment, you know, our system is basically this crystal ball that you can look into to to be like, who's going to not show up? Of course, people are going to cancel. The key is finding out ahead of time enough for your business that you're able to fill that slot. So for this podcast interview, you won't be able to fill it probably with another guest an hour before. If you knew a day before, maybe you'd be able to fill it. Maybe it's two days before. So with our system, you can customize when those appointment reminders get sent, what they say. Asking for confirmation is another thing. You don't want to ask for confirmation an hour before because it's a it's a point of engagement, but it's also an opportunity for someone to say, oh, I can't confirm. You want to ask that, you know, again, when you when you have enough time to fill that slot. So if that's two days, you can set it to ask for confirmation two days ahead of time and not in the hour before. You can you can do uh so then there's 
everything around the appointment. So, okay, the person has come to the appointment. We now have messages, follow-up messages after the appointment. Hey, how was it? Give us some feedback. If it was good, then it prompts to give a review on Google or whatever platform you want to get reviews on as a business owner. Um, You can prompt people to schedule their next appointment. There's online booking, and we've crafted that in a way that a lot of people don't want to give up control of their schedule. So we have request mode where customers or clients can uh, can choose three options that's that are open in your schedule and but but you as the business owner or the receptionist get to approve the time slots we have message blast to be able to send out an announcement oh our office is closed today um dentist is sick um or here's a promo or hey we'd love you to give us a review on google um and uh, yeah, just a, a lot, you know, the fun- a lot of functionality I sort of take for granted. So sometimes I forget to talk about it, but we have two-way texting. A lot of other scheduling platforms just don't have that opportunity. If you yeah. reply back as a customer to a text reminder, it often either you get an error back or it just gets lost in the ether and the business never finds it. So if someone replies saying, oh crap, I can't make it, that just might never get through to the business. And, um, and, and that's just like, you know, rubbing salt in the wound when you have a no-show. Um, so it's really, you know, text messages are are the way to go. Emails, we do both of those. I always say that phone call reminders are training people to not pick up your call. So we, we don't do those. And we don't recommend calling someone ahead to remind them because um, when they pick up, they think you need to talk to them right then. Sure. And it turns out you didn't. You just needed to remind them about when you need to meet them. Um, so yeah, so, so really focused on, um, just like cutting out that no show appointment, getting people to show up and and keeping the calendar filled. So the two mediums that you use email and texting, or are there others? Uh, those are the two mediums. Yep. Email and texting. And you can customize what you say in the email versus the text. And the email has buttons to confirm like a confirm button. So you don't reply C to an email to confirm. You would reply C to confirm on text message, but the email would have a confirm button. Um, it doesn't ask people to confirm if they've already confirmed, things like that. Do you track um, the yeah. stats on it, on the reply rates and the open rates and all of that? So we track that glo- globally. You can't track open rates for text messages. Um, we track that globally for for our uh, metrics to make sure that our delivery stats are phenomenal, and and we make sure um, you know there's a lot of regulation changes in the texting industry these days, and so we're we're all over that and and up on that and making sure that the text messages are getting through and they're not getting blocked by new regulations. Um, for we do have usage stats. Um, in terms of uh, appointment volume and things like that for our customers as well. So Um, if I was a customer and I had a hundred appointments, you're going to send out a hundred text messages. Uh, Two of them are going to come back and say, Hey, you got the wrong phone number. So now I got 98 that went through. Can I also look up the data that says 62 of the 98 actually replied with a confirm? Uh, yeah, um, I, you know, I'd have to look at our usage stats now that you asked me about that, but what you, what it, what the way that that is relevant is that, um, let's say you have 10 appointments, 20 appointments, uh, tomorrow and you go in and in your list, you can see that they all are marked with a, with a check, uh, except for two of them. 
and it's like, okay, these two have not confirmed. That's when maybe a call comes in, or you can go into our chat text interface and just pop them a text. You don't have to use your personal cell phone. And it's like, hey, just wanted to double check. You didn't confirm. So it really cuts down on that manual work. But but if it's critical that you need to make sure everyone's confirmed, you can easily just find the ones that haven't confirmed. Got it. Uh, how many employees are there of Go Reminders? Uh, we have a team of five full-time people and about five to six uh, freelancers. Five full-time and five to six uh, that are on a contract. Part-time freelance. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Tell us about the inner workings of your company on uh, how you have organized those five full-time people and the five to six contract workers. How have you organized them to develop brand consistency for goal reminders? So something that is extremely important to us in terms of our brand is having stellar customer support. And so we've always focused on that. So that was our first external hire, I would say, other than uh, some design and development freelancers who are building product with us. Um, the, you know, I used to do all the support. My co-founder, Justin, who was a jazz trumpet, a major in college, does all the engineering because he, he taught himself coding throughout the years. And I, as a computer science major, moved toward the business side throughout uh, my biz, my career. Um, so I am business marketing support. Um, so I did all the customer support at the beginning. Then I started hiring for that to, to replace me on that because that was extremely important to make sure that, especially with small business users and entrepreneurs, like people don't want software a that there's a problem and if there is a problem because there's always problems they want it solved quickly so we um so support was our first full-time role and we have uh an assistant who's just sort of a general um as things need need to get done helps out and we have a uh, marketing manager and so the so five of us are my co-founder myself and and those three other roles assistant customer support and marketing and um yeah i mean it's mo we haven't done a ton on branding and marketing and and things like that we try to keep it lean and keep it super easy to use that's a main focus so along with good customer support, we try to make it so that our customer support person is not repeating herself as she's helping people. Um, we do weekly webinars for trial users uh, to see if anyone has, as it's just sort of a Q&A. Um, again, trying to just make it clear to people that if you have questions, um, we are here to answer them and we are here to help you through any roadblocks that you come into. And so so that's the main thing we focus on is just ease of use and and stellar customer support. And Jonathan, how many customers do you have today? We have about 1,500 customers. 1,500. And what is your expansion strategy? Can you talk to us? And, and I'm asking this out of curiosity, because I'm sure you'd like to go from 1,500 to global domination uh, as it. quickly as possible. Uh, so I'm asking because I'm curious, but I'm also asking because there may be something to learn in this for our listeners on. Uh, an expansion strategy and what that looks like. Do you have a, an expansion strategy? And if you do, would you mind sharing it? Sure. Yeah. So um, we are, let's see, our, our overall strategy is creating, is, is just being really customer centric and creating things that our current customers will get more value out of. Um, 
And we look at our cancellation data as well. We have a cancellation survey. And so every time someone leaves who was a paying customer, we look at how long they were a customer. And, and we just try to figure out like, how could we have kept them? Because retention is a huge part of our growth. Um, we, we keep customers for a really long time on average. And so we wouldn't be able to have grown this big or continue growing if, if our churn was a problem. So the first thing we've addressed throughout the years is just churn reduction and making sure people don't cancel. And, and if they do cancel that, we really understand why. So we can fix that for, to, to keep uh, other customers, um, in terms of, um, yeah. And so, and so when we build new features, we're always thinking about, is this going to add more value to our current customers and will this help us uh, get, get new customers? And so that, that's the main thing we, um, does that answer that question or are there other aspects you want me to touch on? It does, yeah. it does answer the question, but let me jump in if I can uh, with, with a little bit of a challenge maybe, cause they make this fun. Um, I have never seen your product. I'm going to assume based on what we're talking about, it's a good product. You have 1500 customers using it. Uh, you focus on customer retention and you continue to build out these technologies so that your customers get more features out of what you're doing. What, why doesn't go reminders have 15,000 customers today? Just thinking about it from an entrepreneurial perspective, this is a show for entrepreneurs and, they, and they're all, all trying to grow their company, their companies from 1500 to 15,000. What are the two or three things that Jonathan and Go Reminders need to do to get from 1,500 to 15,000? I understand you want to retain the 1,500 you have, and every time you add to somebody, you want to retain them, and you want to do great customer service. We all got that. Let's make that a, a, a common factor. And let's assume for a second that your technology is fantastic, which I'm sure it is. Now what? How do you get from 1,500 to 15,000 uh, as a tech entrepreneur? What is the roadmap to doing that? Uh, so that we can learn and or converse about different ideas that should be implemented to get us there, get you there. Sure. Yeah. So I will say for one thing, um, we run a calm company. Um, and so that is, you know, potentially like somewhat a roadblock to uh, growing faster. Okay. Um, so yeah, so my co-founder and I, um, we, that, that is a main goal of ours as opposed to win at all costs and grow at all costs, um, just where we are in our lives, various life experiences and, and, and sort of, uh, where things are. So that, that is something that I will say is not necessarily like there are, we could put more hours in, in the day and get less sleep and spend less time with family and things like that. Um, but, but that's one thing. So that's okay. just to sort of set the stage of mindset. We need to stop right there because that is fantastic. I want to dive right into that. You make a really good point, John. Not all companies want to be you know global domination and go take everything. That's not our goal. That's not our mission. Uh, we've identified right. we want to be a quote a calm company. Yeah, and there seems to be some underlying factors as to why that's the decision. Where you are yep. in your lifetime, past experiences, different things you said. We need to probe into that before we move forward. I want to sure. understand. Uh, when, why, how you and your, 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 your business partner said, we want to be a calm company. Here's how we want to build our business for ourselves, not for the world. This is for ourselves. How did that come to be? What's underneath all of that, that created that as the goal? We want to have a calm company. We've both worked really hard at a variety of things in our lives. Um, and so we're, 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 
we're, I'm 20 years out of college. Uh, we're about the same age, uh, my co-founder myself. Um, and I've run my business and I've worked nights, weekends, overnight, 24 hours. Uh, and it wasn't super fun and it wasn't super fruitful. <laughs> um, it was, it was, it was good enough. Um, but, but yeah, it didn't seem to me, um, to, to necessarily be worth it. And my productivity, I personally saw my productivity, you know, on a, on like a 24 hour basis, like if I put in an extra four hours after dinner, like it didn't necessarily make my, if it was a, a 12 hour day, it didn't make that that much more productive than an eight hour day. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, now there are other people I know in other industries, banking, things like that. It's not true. Like they are productive for many, many hours and, and so be it. But for me, that just wasn't a fit. And it was a question of, of like, what benefit am I getting out of this? Um, I have two small kids. Um, so that's a big part of it. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, uh, that's, that's a huge part of it. I've heard people say like, no one, no one ever says, yeah, I wish I spent less time with my kids, <laughs> um, while they were growing up. Yep. And so I think about that a lot and, um, and, and don't get me wrong. Like there are times when we do work evenings and there are times when we do work e- weekends and, um, and we, we drive ourselves and we work hard, but, um, but, but yeah, like, uh, we, you know, it's, it's a fight against the excitement. Like I, we hired a, a month and a half ago, a new marketing manager and I want, you know, when, when it gets to a weekend and he's not fully set up with something like, I, I'm like, ah, let me just spend like a few more hours in the weekend. And it's a fight, but I know that overall I feel so much better when I take breaks and I can then focus Monday morning be like, boom, we're hitting the ground running. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've had the past year or two in COVID and whatnot, I've had to deal with a ton of unexpected unavailability, daycares closed, COVID quarantine, this, that, and the other. And it's really enforced that, you know, this makes sense. Like, like you do what you can. And, and you know, yeah, we, we it, it's, it's definitely an up and down of like how much energy we put into it. But, but overall, it's just, yeah, it's just sort of like family and life, lifestyle. It sounds very balanced. And then I look over on your LinkedIn profile, and if it is updated, you are currently the CEO of three companies and highly involved in two others. Okay. So, so tell me about something. That. Um, yeah. So let's address LinkedIn. LinkedIn is basically a cumulative uh, thing for me. So I am I I am co-founder of Go Reminders and I am head of uh, owner of Make It All Work, which is my uh, tech consulting company. Uh, Make It All Work also has another brand that is Mac Help NYC, um, which was uh, originally what it started as, and so those are the same. Uh, then there are some that Laram listed as, as like the director of technology for one, a major client of that consulting company, um, but it's been there as you see for a while, and it's really my team is now that role uh, for that client, and so technically I am that, but but. For me, essentially, my focus is essentially uh, these two companies, Go Reminders and Make It All Work, and um, and then a little bit of focus on investing, which I don't necessarily have uh, listed there, but investing through um, through a fund called Calm Company Fund, and uh, which is not something I named, but um, uh, yeah, that um, in, investing in similar types of SaaS uh, platforms that are that are also trying to be profitable, trying to grow potentially trying to grow really big, but, um, 
but also being calm. Yeah, I'll tell you, you occur to me as a really humble person and you're kind of going, yeah, we're balanced. I want to spend time with my kids. So, you know, I don't need 15,000 people, John. I'm uh, I'm trying to make a living and keep I want that. Don't and get me keep, wrong. Keep customers happy. And and you occur very humble, but then like, wow, on that last question that I asked, it's like, man, you have a lot going on. You're a pretty sophisticated entrepreneur. You've got multiple companies going on with a few different streams of income. You have worked really hard to replace yourself in a couple of different companies so that you could have some lifestyle. Can you speak to some of that journey of having to divide up companies? And I'm sure you probably have multiple LLCs or C-Corps and the strategy on trying to replace yourself and maybe a struggle or two that you've had along that way. Like, I'd love to hear more about your journey to get where you are of really humble, but actually pretty sophisticated at how you're doing things. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll address. Okay. So I would say hiring is something that I am, I am not great at but have but have gotten better at by doing it over and over again and um i every time i hire someone i hire them fast faster and a shorter period for a hiring process uh i'm basically of the mindset of hire fast fire fast and the idea of firing fast helps me hire faster i generally don't fire fast (laughs) um because i i I, you know it's i have criteria for hiring someone and I have a gut feeling and and usually it works out. But when it doesn't work out, um uh I need to change things. And often it's funny because when someone might not be a great fit, like often they know that they're not a great fit. And so um I've had several experiences where it was clearly the right time for someone to part ways and and they got another job somewhere and it was like ah this is actually totally fine and stressful at the moment because i happen to be going on vacation and i have to start a job search and this and that but all in all um the perspective on that has been really good uh, i also have an amazing recruiting firm which i'm happy to uh refer people to and i'll just give them a shout out it's magical teams uh if you just google magical teams or just go to magicalteams.com um they've helped me fill three roles in the past 6 months and um and that is something i did not have in the past and partially why i'm so relaxed now about hiring is because they're just amazing and so uh so yeah so i mean i've i've hired even before then, I, I've hired a bunch and I hire people earlier than I absolutely need them. Um, I, I What I could be better at is really planning for those roles and thinking through exactly what I need and exactly what I need done. I often will have a gut feeling. And then, you know, a month and a half in to this new marketing manager, I'm just now starting to really put together the things that they're working on. And I have a whole, like you ask how, uh, how we're planning on growing. Basically, I have a whole backlog of things that I haven't been able to get to that I am now having this marketing manager execute on. Um, but could I have prepared that uh, better beforehand? Would it have been more efficient? Absolutely. However, would that have delayed me another six months or a year before hiring that person? Probably. Uh, so, you know, yeah, I hired my assistant before I, I needed them. Um, I recently told my assistant that I don't need them full time. And so they're moving down in a month or they're moving down now to uh, to quarter time. But 
paying them full time for for a month sort of as severance while they figure out what else to do. But um, but that was just something that that's an example of something where, where I hired before I actually needed it. I thought I would grow into it. I didn't grow into it. And and she was fine with it. She was like, of course, <laughs> you clearly don't need me full time. Uh, she's remote. And uh, yeah, I hired um, a, a marketing person a year and a half ago who was going to do marketing. My customer support person uh, sort of faded away. So she took over customer support. I didn't need that's Yeah, that would be my main thing about hiring is, is like, if you can hire, hire before you need. <laughs> because if you hire when you need, you, you're you're probably way too stretched then to to deal with like a non-stressful hiring process and onboarding process and figuring out what the person is going to do. Absolutely. Jonathan, have you ever heard of the growth paradox? Uh, it sounds familiar, but I cannot place so, it. So, you know, the growth paradox is really to, to summarize, um, you know, uh, as you grow, it's it's almost a uh, more growth, more problems, right? You grow, yeah. you need iron room employees. Now you need more capital. Now you need this. And now you got to work 24 hours and then, you're, and then you don't see your kids. And then, but you're growing, but it's like, it's like the, the, there's a cost to growth sometimes, Definitely. right? And what I heard you say is we have a goal of growing a calm company. What you didn't say, and and you almost uh, oppositely said, well, wait a minute, I do want 15,000 customers. Just to be clear, I want 15,000 customers. I want to do it in a calm, structured manner. Uh, I love that. And and I'll tell you why I love it is because a lot of entrepreneurs, I have done this, by the way. I have been the maverick who's been like, I'm going to take this thing to the moon. Let's go. And ultimately lost complete control of the company, got fired from my own company after 17 years and lost everything. That's what happens to a maverick who tries to go too fast, too quick, burn, you know, and burns through and makes mistakes along the way because you're growing too quick. You make bad hiring mistakes. You bring in people in the business you probably shouldn't have. You bring investors in because you need capital. It just kind of, it's, it brings that manifestation of running into a wall or running off the cliff maybe is a better analogy. And in good to great, uh, you know, what they really talk about is if you're going to build a great company, you got to build it systematically and you got to be in control and you got to build a calm, in control company. It's almost like the, the tortoise versus the hare, right? It's like, who's going to yeah. win the race? And, right. and so I love that. On the same token, you still need a strategy to get from 1500 to yeah. 3000 to 10000 to wherever you want to go if ultimately success in business is what you're striving for in terms of maybe selling this business at some point or maximizing the wealth because you've had some experiences that you both worked really really hard 24/7 you didn't get the result so in this company what is the result you're going for and how are you going to get there in a calm manner Okay. So are you, do you want me to delve into growth tactics? Wherever you want to go, maybe stay very macro strategy. Mm-hmm. How, how are you going to get there to wherever there is yeah. with your company? Okay. So on, on a more macro level, I would say that, that um, I am really good at identifying ideas, small and large, that mm-hmm. we should do. Okay. I am so good at that, that I spend, I get distracted really easily and I spend a lot of time accumulating these ideas and don't make enough time to execute on them. So one strategy that I could employ is to 
stop doing that and uh, and do uh, executing. Um, but I've chosen at this point to hire someone to basically be execute on these things. And so that is that is my main strategy is like I have a list of things. If some of these could be knocked out in a couple hours, some of these knocked out in a day or two, some weeks and longer. Those day long ones will turn often, not that I don't have any control, but if I if I don't exert massive control, will turn into a week project for me. And I have difficulty deciding uh, to not to not do that. And so one of my strategies is I hire someone who's better at that, who I can tell, hey, I'm your boss. <laughs> I, you, you might also want to spend a week on this, but you have a day. <laughs> and so do what you can in a day. And telling myself that, I mean, I have done this a lot. It's, it's how we've gotten things done and how we've grown. But I just think we can accelerate so much faster if we sort of have that balance. And yeah. I'm st- there's still a lot of of the management and execution related to those tasks that I'm that I'm involved with, handing off and training and and documenting and making sure. And that's another aspect is is like this marketing manager, their job is to execute on these things and document the process so well so that if they grow, if they leave, if they change their role, whatever it is, whoever next they like right now, the handoff is me on Zoom showing people how to do things, um, sending them, hey, I have this sort of list here. <laughs> uh, it's no good. I can't I can't just hand something to someone to say, here, do this task. So that's what a major component of this marketing manager's job is, documenting, creating SOPs, playbooks, so that, and for the purpose of not only getting it done themselves, but also for handoff to the next person, just to make that so much more efficient. So in, in a nutshell, what I think I'm hearing on a macro level is I've been doing two things. I've been uh, idea generating, which I could also call that the shiny object syndrome. Oh, we could do this. Oh, we could do that. Oh, we could do this. Uh, But then on top of that, it's like the best person to actually do it is me. So I'm going to come up with the ideas and I'm going to spend a whole week doing it. And that's why you're working 24 seven and kind of, you know, maybe not getting the maximum return. And where I think you want to shift, if I'm understanding this correctly, and I love it, is I want to be more strategic. I want to come up with a game plan, and then I'm going to have people who can execute the game plan with me, but try and stay in a very, very tight lane of, yeah, I, mean, I may come up with these ideas, but I should park them over here because we have this game plan focus. And if, if there are ideas, other people are going to execute them so I can keep moving the, the ship yep. forward. I, I like to call that sometimes rising above the trees as opposed to be chopping wood all day. You're just chopping, oh, there's a tree over here. Oh, there's a tree over here. And ultimately you're not growing your user base. You're creating better features and better quality, but you're not necessarily growing your company. Is that a good Definitely. recap of what you're and, what... Yeah, and that focus, uh, you know, of of I'm just, I'm better at telling other people to change their focus than telling myself to change my focus. Sure. Um, and And, you know, it's not, there's not a right answer. Like it actually could be that, um, that regardless of that, it makes sense for me to hire this person. <laughs> Even if I'm fully executed, there, there are so many things to be done, like regardless. Um, but that's the way I see it. The way, the way I reason it and, 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 you know, the logic in my mind is like, I'm not great at this. Let me hire this person to execute on this. Um, yeah. So, but don't get me wrong. I've been executing on things um, throughout the years. It's just, I'm just like, oh man, I have all this stuff. It's, it's we're able to hire the person. We can hire them. I want to move faster. Let's do it. So have you and read it's between book? basically paying ourselves more money uh, right now and not hiring that person 
and hiring that person and investing in the company. And we've done that a lot through the years is essentially we pay ourselves salaries, um, but not not crazy salaries, not Silicon Valley salaries, not venture funded, hyper growth uh, CEO salaries or anything like that. But um, but it's worth it to us to invest that money um, in it uh, in, in in it now to hopefully grow it faster. Have you read the book Rocket Fuel? I have not read that book. I could not recommend it more to you. Rocket right. Fuel is a book by Gino Wickman. And right. Rocket Fuel talks about there's a visionary and an integrator. And when the yes. visionary and integrator come together, it creates Rocket Fuel for a company. Everybody generally thinks that they're both. I believe the book says there are only 2% of people that are actually both. You and how you've described what you've done, it sounds like you have made some really smart decisions about what your strengths are, and you made some really smart decisions about what to hire for. But I actually think you've kind of stumbled on, through your own intelligence, known philosophies of how to organize visionaries and integrators, which is you sound very clearly like a visionary. And to punish yourself and to say, oh, man, I should really be more detail-oriented. Oh, man, I should really I should really execute more. Why can't I just control my mind? And that's not what a visionary does. A visionary is thinking of all these different stuff. And often, you know, we go, ah, the, the, the shiny penny syndrome. But that's a visionary. You see shiny pennies all over. You've acknowledged that you're not awesome at execution. So you go hire people who can execute because they're not awesome at being visionary and you need each other. And it's a symbiotic relationship. You saying, hey, I'm better telling others to change their focus than changing mine. And I think that's actually because you're disfocused because you're all over the place as a visionary and see all of this opportunity that the integrators don't see. The integrators are like, look, Jonathan, just give me a bone. I will chew on it. But I, I can't see all of the bones or pick out the good bones from the bad. I think yeah. the way you're doing things potentially without the theoretical background that I just gave a three-minute explanation on, I think you've stumbled on the magic for yourself. And I think you should absolutely lean into it. I think reading that book and doing more of what you're doing, I think you could be more successful than what you even imagined. That sounds good. I and I and as I just Google that, I'm like, oh yeah, I've been recommended this. And the terms visionary integrator, I've 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 heard and had recent discussions um, with some advisors on, on those aspects, and and I completely agree. Um, I I think that it's also you know being tw- twenty years uh, out of college and having this experience, I've gotten it's 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 a different form of shiny object sy- syndrome. It, it's it's not just any shiny object. My list is very neatly honed and crafted that that there are it doesn't have the shiny objects that are irrelevant, but it happens to at this point have accumulated to enough things of a critical mass of a yes, there's another person's full-time role here in all the the shiny, but but like yes, this I have high confidence that this will be worth the investment of time or money into you know XYZ tactic. And so um so that and that's something that that wasn't 10 years ago, five or 10 years ago, it was 
shiny objects that I was just like, oh, I don't know, maybe we should do this, maybe we should do that. Now it's like, we should do all these things. <laughs> just pick one of them and that's what I'm doing and ex picking and executing and it's just like, we could go faster by having another person picking and executing and I will also be doing the curating and, and thinking and, and whatnot on what to do. I'll tell you, Jonathan, I really appreciate you being on the podcast today and I could not believe more in your entrepreneurial journey and can't wait to see your continued success. I really appreciate that. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Thanks for being on. Rich, I really love when an entrepreneur says they want to grow their company in a calm manner. I don't know if I've heard the word calm before. I've heard... I was just going to say, how many times have you heard that? Yeah, let me let me rephrase that. I've never heard that before. But when an entrepreneur has a systematic, I'm going to grow this in a controlled manner approach, it makes me feel good, partly because I've been on the opposite side. I've grown companies way too fast and burnt. I've grown companies a little bit slower and had success. And I really believe that if you're going to grow something of value and long-term maintain ownership and control over it, you got to have a systematic controlled approach. And that's what Jonathan has. And I love it. And I think he's balanced in it, right? Because when you think of building a company in a calm way, mm -hmm. uh, I would think that that would include hiring people potentially a little too late in a growth cycle of a company. He specifically pointed out a philosophy has is higher earlier than you need them. Yeah. Uh, I know we found the same to be true in our business that hiring people is a leading indicator of growth because the more people that are there, the more that you can grow. You need to do it responsibly. You can't just bring on 10 people. If you're a, if you're a five person company, you can't go bring on 10 people and say, we're going to grow. We now have 10. But I'm impressed that not only is it a calm growing company, but he's also hiring early, earlier than he needs them. Yeah, absolutely. This conversation I mentioned in the, in the conversation with Jonathan about the growth paradox reminds me as well about the messy middle. When you're growing a company, uh, this company is now a 10-year-old business, Go Reminders as an example. Uh, there is this stage where you're growing and you're growing, and then you get to a point where it's like, oh, uh, now we have so many customers. Now we got to service them. Now they're asking for new features. Now I got to hire more new people to do new features. And you get caught in this messy middle. And really the trick I think for entrepreneurs is how do you get out of the messy middle? How do you get to the point where your business is thriving? It's putting a lot of money to the bottom line. It's building the balance sheet. It's creating wealth for the owners. The owners are maybe even taking a step back where they can be more the chairperson of the business as opposed to operating in it and, and slugging the dirt in the business. You know, Jonathan is in that stage right now of that messy middle, but if he systematically continues to do the right things, to focus on where he can focus on to grow the business, the business will soon be out of that messy middle and be a thriving tech company. You know, recently we had a conversation with Andy McDowell. And as a reminder, one of the things that he said is businesses are created to serve needs, wants, and desires in the marketplace. And I, I think of that conversation with Andy and I apply that to what Jonathan is doing in working with companies on this missed appointments and being able to maximize schedule, what a need that really is of companies that are appointment-based to limit their late cancellations and no-shows so they can actually maximize their schedule. I believe there is a very real need and want in that marketplace uh, where this squarely fits. And it sounds like growing as a calm company 
when there's that much of a need in the marketplace, there's very little marketing that needs to take place because people want what you have. Well, you can show them an ROI right away, right? In terms of, hey, how many missed appointments do you typically have in a month? And you implement the software and you can track and you can show. The one area too, Rich, that uh, from a psychology perspective, I loved, never really thought about before, but uh, you know, Go Reminders recommends their customers to uh, confirm the appointment in a time frame that if the person were to cancel, yes. you'd have enough time to replace, but not too close to the appointment because then it makes it too easy on the customer. When I think about it, I mean, how many times, and this has happened to me before, where you reach out to someone and say, hey, are you still good for the call in 15 minutes? And what you just gave them is an out. <laughs> They're too busy. Their kid's sick, whatever. But if you confirm with them two days beforehand, hey, are we still good on Tuesday at 11? Yeah, yeah, we're still good. They, they then feel pot committed to making sure they show up because they've already confirmed. Uh, and so the psychology behind it, I think, is very wise, very smart, um, and should be used across all businesses, regardless of if your appointment setting for uh, sales pitches or your appointment setting to go have someone for lunch, uh, whatever it may be. If you want to be efficient with your time, uh, implementing a system like this makes a ton of sense. You know, and I wasn't kidding on the intro when I said, I think my dentist already uses it. Here's a text message I got from my dentist earlier this week. Hello, Richard. This is Briarwood Dental. We wanted to remind you of your appointment on text us to confirm. Thank you. Uh, reply stop to unsubscribe. And I have had rescheduling text conversations where I have had to reschedule. I could do it via text and it's very easy. I don't want to pick up the phone. I don't have a lot of time to pick up the phone. I can send a quick text, say, sorry, I can't make it. When can we reschedule and do that? I'll also tell you, since we got our dog, who, by the way, is supposed to be hypoallergenic, and I came to learn that hypoallergenic means less allergenic, not non-allergenic, okay. I'm allergic to our dog. So I've been going to get allergy shots. Well, I look at my phone and the place where I get allergy shots also sends these texts. Iowa allergy appointment on for Richard. Click to confirm or reschedule. Mm -hmm. Call this phone number. 24-hour cancellation is required or a fee will be billed. So like people are using, companies are using, I'm a customer of two of them. I probably have others sitting in here. Do you have companies who text you like that? Has yeah. that caught on to places where you go? Yeah, very similarly. I, I think it's becoming a common practice, which you know makes it even more important for Go Reminders to continue to grow to grab market share. Uh, I can see it being very sticky. Why would the dentist change the reminder service? Uh, you know, uh, so I, I do. I do see it more and more. I think it's going to continue to happen because time is waste, and that's the one thing we didn't dive enough into, which is. When you look at your company and you look at waste in your organization, missed appointments is waste. Waste costs money, if, especially if you're in professional services, Rich, where you get paid X amount of dollars per hour. Every time a client comes, you're making X amount of dollars, and then they don't show up because you don't have a good system. That's all time and, time and money. So eliminating waste is at the core of what Go Reminders does, and can't wait to continue to see Jonathan and his company grow.